Okay. Hello, All-Star clients, and welcome to another episode of the Veterinary Roundtable presented by All-Star Veterinary Clinic, the podcast where we answer your veterinary-related questions while also having some fun along the way. Perfect. On today's episode, we have myself, co-host and associate veterinarian, Dr. Ashlyn Duckwall, fellow associate veterinarian, Dr. Lauren Schmoke, registered veterinary technician, Josie Ells. Oh, wow. I know. It's so weird. Oh, my gosh. And head veterinarian, Dr. Emily King. Six feet apart. If no one, I was going to (laughs) say, if no one's noticed, Dr. Duckwall's voice is. It's new. I'm trying it out. Let me know how. <laughs> Let me know if anyone likes it. <laughs> oh gosh! So how are you guys doing? Great. Everybody's good. Yeah. It was a busy day after the holiday. It was jam packed. Yeah, I looked at it. It was very busy. <laughs> it felt that way too. <laughs> Sometimes it looks like something. It doesn't feel that way. It was. It felt it and felt like it looked and felt yes like that. Yep. It's true. <laughs> I don't know how you guys feel, but it's a classic after all holiday weekend day which after holiday do you guys think is worse like the worst like after thanksgiving after christmas i feel like it's before christmas that's bad and yeah like after thanksgiving all yeah. the pancreatitis and yeah i feel cows. like we're gone most like we're not open longest with thanksgiving right mm-hmm yeah, because so we're like- we're usually closed on Black Friday, so then it's kind of like you push it off till Monday, and a lot of the problems have been addressed before then yeah. we o- reopen on Monday. Yeah, I feel like Thanksgiving's pretty rough usually mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. after. Can be. I think Can't any wait. of them. Any of the three-day-plus weekends. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is for. If there's a three-day weekend, it can be rough then. Yeah. Because I think then – we see a lot of other things like new like I noticed on the schedule there were new clients that were sick. You know what I mean? And yeah. mm-hmm. things like that. Yep. You Unfortunately, know. euthanasia sometimes. So yeah. mm. life's like a box of chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what you're gonna a get. A Monday is like a box of chocolates. A Tuesday, I guess, because today's a Tuesday, yep. which is really like a Monday. Yep. So okay. Jones got lucky because it's her day off. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought about that. I was like, oh, she had a nice long weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So That's nice. All right. So okay. we're going to get into some icebreaker questions. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They look really ready. Okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Would you rather have universal respect or unlimited power? Duckwall. Respect. R-E-S-P-C-T. <laughs> Find out what you mean. Power means nothing if no one likes you. Oh, well, that was a good, profound quote. Put it on the wall. I think that might need to go on the wall. <laughs> okay. Yep, yep, That's my yep. answer. Respect. Josie? I'm going to go with the opposite. <laughs> You're going with power. Yeah, because if you have power and you use it right, then you gain everybody's respect. Mm. I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> that might also have to go on the well, wall. I like it. New Very. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Wow. Give me something to think about. <laughs> What about you, Schmoke? I think respect. Um, I don't want all the power in the world. Then I feel like you're responsible for everything. It'd be so. scary. Isn't that point. what like Spider-Man's grandfather says? With great power comes something, something. Great no, responsibility. Says, no. Isn't that Uncle Ben? Uncle Ben. Not Other grandfather. Or something <laughs> it is Spider-Man's uncle, isn't it, Harrison? I think it is. I remember that. It is. Doesn't he say something like that? Yeah. 
There you go. Yeah. See, that's what you're saying, basically. I just want to have my current responsibility. You like that? And be liked. And so be then, like, there you go. Yeah. That's something to consider. Oh gosh, though you're going to keep growing, which then this just adds more responsibility. <laughs> that's true. It just is what it is. This is what you told me to do. Yeah. Raise up the mic when I have to cough. Okay. A lot of dancing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Raise your arms in the air. Okay. Um. I don't know what I would do. I. Yeah, mm. Originally, my answer was respect, and then Josie had her answer, and I was like, "Wow, I could, I get that." So I don't know what to choose. Yeah, I'm torn. I know because you were the owner of the clinic, so like, did you get power, and then you made people like you? <laughs> <laughs> I took all the power. Or did people like you? Well, you always had the power. Yes, I guess you could think of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I never looked at it like that. Okay. Okay. Question number two. Would you rather swim in a pool of Nutella or a pool full of maple syrup? <laughs> <laughs> so how would you like to get diabetes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with Nutella. I feel like you'd be stuck. I, I know there would not be a lot of swimming, but... I think that flavor would be better. That's just. <laughs> I'd rather eat Nutella while I'm yeah. stuck in the pool. Yeah. So. Yeah. You just lounge instead of. Swim. <laughs> I feel like Nutella is thicker. Um, it sounds like you drown in syrup, and that sounds horrible. It sounds a horrible terrifying. way to drown. Like, how would you get up out of it? Like quicksand or something. Sticky, mapley, <laughs> death. Wow. <laughs> Harrison, that's, that's the next video. A pool full of maple syrup. That's terrifying. That sounds awful. <laughs> it does. Mm. It kind of reminds me of Stranger Things. Is anybody watching Stranger Things? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Not you didn't watch any of it. Not even started it. I don't like aliens in space. It's not really aliens <laughs> in space, but okay. <laughs> what do you call those? It's things? an evil creature. It's evil. It's good versus evil. In the form of a creature, but it's of evil, aliens. basically. I mean, how would you characterize it? Evil? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's not that scary because I don't like scary movies. Yeah. It's like doable. Yeah. It's kind of like Poltergeist meets E.T. meets something else. <laughs> Goonies. I was going to say All Goonies. wrapped up into yeah. one. Or Still it. not enticing. <laughs> None of those sound good to me. Oh, my gosh. I like it. It's really good. Anyway, it's a good one to binge watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Sorry. Next question. Duckwall. Would you rather have a personal maid or a personal chef? Josie. Maid. Okay. I'd probably eat way too much if I had a personal <laughs> chef. <laughs> At least things are clean. Yeah. So, yeah. That would be nice being in a clean house all the time. Mm-hmm. Just like drop stuff behind you and be like, oh, who's going to get that? <laughs> My maid. <laughs> oh, God. Drop stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then time them. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably pretty entertaining. Uh, okay. That was a good one. Yeah. Smoke. Chef for sure. Because I don't love to cook. Fortunately, my husband likes to cook, but... If we had a chef, then he wouldn't have to do that, and it'd be way better. Then he could clean. He could be he the could maid clean. then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind cleaning, but cooking is just like, there's a lot of thought that goes into it. Mm-hmm. You have to love to cook in order for your food to taste good, I'm convinced. 
That makes sense. Like you have to yeah. put love into your food. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. Like you make your food with love and then everyone loves it. No? I think I feel so. like you would have a jar <laughs> in your house with like sugar and just put love. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> just put it on everything. Oh, uh, gosh. I think when food is made with love, people can tell the difference. Do you know those people who try and cook and they just can't cook because they don't like it? Smoke. Yeah. And then you'd have people. <laughs> so make a batch of brownies with love without love and then we'll compare them. I and can make some mean desserts though. Okay, so but see, you cool. love it, yeah. right? Like you're when you're that. making it, like yeah. you made those cheesecakes. Those were really good. Those mini ones. I oh can yeah, do those that. Were good. Yeah. Oh yeah, those no, were good. Like, no like meal like dinners. So, I would take the maid for sure. I would take the chef. Fifty fifty split. Let's see divided. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we'll take both. We can all just stay in one place and share. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Would you rather communicate an emoji or never be able to text again? Mm-hmm. Totally never text again. I'd be perfectly fine with it. Yeah, I'd be fine getting write me a letter. I'd be fine getting rid letter. of all cell phones. <laughs> what did you say? Write a letter? <laughs> Someone write me a love letter. Dang it. Those <laughs> are so mail. cute back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> no one writes you love letters anymore? No, he does. <laughs> okay. But I'm just that's what I was thinking of when never texting again. What do you have? You have letters. Email, so. phone calls. Yeah, it's true. Sign language. <laughs> what about you guys? Emoji or never? Never again. Never again. Yeah. yeah, I don't like emojis really. I think it would be complicated to come up with a full sentence with emojis. Oh, we should totally try that sometime. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and see, see if we could guess. guess. What is that, what that sentence was? Yes. Okay, we'll try that next time. Wow, we are full of good ideas. So, is someone keeping track of all of these? <laughs> I <laughs> good ideas. Harrison needs to go through all of our podcasts and write every idea. I know down that we had. We have come up with some stellar ones. Yep. Okay, number five. Would you rather always have a full phone battery or always a full tank of gas? Who's paying for the gas? Yeah, I was just Because <laughs> it's real expensive now. So full tank of gas. Gas if it's paid for. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Full tank of gas. Gas if it's paid for. You can charge your phone in your car that's already full of gas. <laughs> nice. <laughs> there you go. Wow. And it's a two for one. Yeah. There you go. Easy. Okay. Cases. Yeah. Do you want me to go first for my case? All right. So... <laughs> I'll go first. <laughs> we had a, we have a, how old is he? Eight. I don't think she actually knows. Mixed pit bull mix, male, neutered, eight year old. I thought he was a shepherd. No. no. Dog. <laughs> He's a dog. <laughs> that presented for episodes of as the owner was describing it, either fainting or um, weakness kind of thing. Um, she wasn't sure she, what she was seeing. And so um, when he came in, his physical exam was completely unremarkable. Um, there was nothing interesting on his physical exam. So we decided to submit his lab work because he hadn't had lab work done. And he came back with a low blood sugar. And a lot of the times that can just be artifact, but you don't know until you recheck it. So then I had him come in and have his blood glucose just spot checked in the clinic. 
And when you guys spot checked it, what was it? Like something stupid, like 40, 38, like something, 38. Yeah, yeah. Something, oh, wow. really, yeah, something really low. And I was like, well, that's probably the problem. <laughs> so then I was gone. So Dr. Pulse then finished working up the case and we then submitted his blood for insulin levels and um, his insulin levels are too high for blood sugar that low. Oh. And so then that's how we diagnosed him with an insulinoma. Where did you send the insulin levels to? IDEX. Oh, nice. It's like a ratio. They do a ratio, but then they also do, like, when you send the blood, they tell you the blood sugar at that point and the insulin level. Oh. Um, and so they should be a particular, like, you know, if it's if it, your blood sugar is really low, your insulin should, you know what I mean, kind yeah, of a thing. Yeah. And when it's higher than a certain number, then it's like. That's cool. Diagnostic for insulinoma. Like, okay. Yeah. Which explained all of his episodes. And, of course, then once we knew <coughs> what he had, and we were <coughs> suspicious once he had this plot, the spot blood sugar check because there's not very many things that cause that Addison's maybe, I mean, there's not very many things, you know? And so, um, he then started having more and more episodes. Like he was calling yeah. in at you guys and he was, he's like, we he went for a walk and, <laughs> yeah. and mm -hmm. you know, he fainted basically or was weak or whatever mm -hmm. seizure because of the hypoglycemia. Yikes. Yeah, we had her keeping cornstarch like on her on, at all times. Yeah. To, not cornstarch, um, corn syrup. Corn syrup, to yeah. Put on oh. his gums. Yeah, really, that guy is a kind of. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right, so that's for bleeding toenail. He toe needed now. the pool of okay. syrup. Okay, <laughs> he needed the yeah. pool of syrup. That's right. Uh, gosh, cornstarch would be appropriate for you know his nails if they were started bleeding. So she could <laughs> have nails. that on one side, mm -hmm. corn syrup on the other side. Cutting his nails while he's fainting. She's covered. Yep, it's covered on all counts. Corn products. <laughs> Corn products on board. So, anyway, so that's a really interesting case. What's going on now? Well, I mean, you can surgically manage them or you can um, – and, you know, I think there's different stages of insulinomas and we didn't stage him out to see if it was anywhere else. Um, and so we were treating him empirically with um, prednisone hmm. just to raise his glucose levels. And yeah. I think they live – if they're stage one – I not I mean not a ton, not like they don't live like years. Yeah. You know, I can't remember how many months they live. It's longer than obviously if they were stage 2 or 3 when they were diagnosed, but mm. so or you can surgically remove it. Those guys will live a little bit longer. Gotcha. But that's no fun. Yeah, that'd be heart surgery. Yeah. So I do that. I don't know if you've heard from him recently, but <laughs> not this week, but the week yeah. just got started, so probably we'll reach out and talk to them. Yeah. See how he's doing. <laughs> So, um, so that was my, that was Josie and I's interesting case. That was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't get to see them all the time. So mm -hmm. yeah. Very interesting. What about cool. you, Schmoke? What you got? Um, today and today I had a new client that brought her dog in. It was a 11 year old female spade Pekingese. Um, over the past couple months had been <clears throat> having like fainting episodes and it would be like after she would go up the stairs. And so she was exerting effort and then just not able to keep up um, with her circulation. And then she would kind of come out of it. And um, recently, a couple of days, days ago, the owner noticed her abdomen felt distended or bigger. Um, and so that was abnormal. And she just has been acting off, not eating as much, things like that. So... She brought her in to see us and um, physical exam, grade six out of six, heart murmur. You could feel it through her chest just by putting her hands on her. Um, 
had a fluid wave. So basically you feel the abdomen and, and kind of push from one side and you kind of feel this wave of fluid go across and felt like she had fluid in her abdomen. And then she was panting, having trouble with respiration. So the owner wanted to do some tests to figure out what was going on. And she had actually looked up congestive heart failure and was like, I think this fits all the signs. And I was like, I agree. I think it does too. So we did, um, thoracic radiographs and heart was very enlarged, could see all the fluid in the abdomen. Um, and then I did an ultrasound fast scan and saw all the fluid in there as well. So treatment options, um, at this point with how progress it had been, the owner elected humane euthanasia, which I thought was a good idea, just how much she was struggling. But but yeah, that was my interesting case. So very common. We see a lot of heart disease mm-hmm. in canine patients. Well, I mean, we see it in, car- in feline patients too, but not. I feel like it's not as yeah, like, like heart failure. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I feel like you, we see it all the time, or it's at least something that we treat quite frequently. Yep. So it's a tough one. It is a tough one. I think clients a lot of times also, you know, we'll have clients come in and say their dog has had a seizure when it's actually fainted or, you know what I mean? Or vice versa. And so those are when they fall over, it's like there aren't, you know, there's only so many things that cause that too, you know? So yeah, yeah, that's very, those are hard cases. Absolutely. And even if you have a dog with known heart disease and you're maintaining it, it could still progress to that point at any time. I mean, the goal is obviously not to catch it sooner than later, but yeah. Well, at least it's not suffering anymore. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think once they reach that point, you know, as far as those those classes, those later classes, they're really hard to keep under control yeah. for any yeah. significant period of time. Yeah. You know, we don't, you know, we use the same meds that we do in human patients, but we don't do valve replacements and we don't do, you know, yeah. I think when I was reading one time, they said that by the time a murmur it's clinical, but by the time you have a, oh, we didn't introduce him. By the oh, time we have it, we'll do that in a second. By the time we have a murmur, like 70% of the blood is flowing in the wrong direction. So, um, I mean, you know, you can imagine as they progress through, heart, there's like hardly any blood going the right direction. It's all leaking back into the, you know, which creates the volume overload. Um you know, and so that's really hard to be able to get the heart to, and then when you challenge it, like going up the steps, like the dog was going up the steps and then fainting, you know, the demand, it couldn't meet the demand, Yeah. you know, and so then it falls over and faints and then wakes back up and it's not a good way to live. So, yep, yep, yep. What about you? You got a case? I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my case is also... Not the like happiest ending, but she her name was Akira, and she was the sweetest. I think a Bernadoodle or Golden Doodle, um, two two years old, came in because the owner was actually concerned about her eyeball. And um, as soon as I saw her, it was one of those things where you walk in the room, and you're like, "This isn't going to be great." <laughs> um, and unfortunately, in just the time I had saw her for an annual to the visit, which I think was like four months, she had lost like 10 pounds. And um, her eyeball was not just like red or something like that. It was it was literally enlarged, like it was huge compared to the other one. Um, and so seeing that, 
you kind of, when you have just an acute, huge eyeball, there's really not good things going on. Um, especially in a young dog. So we proceeded with the workup to figure out like with blood work, um, her blood work was actually fine. And then we went and did some imaging and that's where we just saw, um, well, I guess we did the x-rays and the x-rays were just showing just like haziness essentially. And that we call that a mass effect. So when there's masses anywhere, they, you lose the detail on the x-ray. And so you don't know if it's masses or fluid right off the bat. So what we did is just put an ultrasound probe on our abdomen just to have a better sense of what's going on. And, um, it was actually our colleague, Dr. Dudley did the ultrasound and she said it was the worst ultrasound she's ever seen so far. Cause there were large golf ball size masses everywhere in her abdomen. So, um, talk to the owner about like how much information do you want to know realistically? Like, and my differential list at the time was cancer or it was like a very progressed infectious disease. But even then I was like, it doesn't fit. She doesn't have a fever, like whatever. Her blood work was fine. Um, so we kind of discussed how much they wanted to know and ended up um, just starting her on basically palliative care of a steroid prednisone. Cause if it was really bad cancer, she was so far along that road that even full on chemo was not going to be very fruitful. So, um, she ended up unfortunately declining even ra- more rapidly a couple of days later. And we asked them because it was so abnormal and she was so young, would they be willing for us to collect samples and still kind of get a diagnosis and they were okay with it. And so, um, we were able to get really good samples and, um, we mainly euthanized her and came back as large cell lymphoma. So she really had lymphoma. It was the worst I'd ever seen everywhere in her body. And they were huge mm-hmm. golf ball masses. So they made the right decision, but it was. I always feel like when they're young like that, it just is so much more aggressive. Yeah. You know, came out of nowhere. It was crazy. Yeah. And for it to be like, if it were, let's say infectious, it was, it would have, she would have presented differently, like way more. Yeah. I don't know, just lethargic. Like she was still wagging her tail. She just, poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> she was yeah. Not, not feeling good. So pretty crazy. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some things we just don't see very often. Thank goodness. Um, Josie, introduce who's on the floor. Um, we have Casper on the floor. Casper's on the floor. Do we need a close up of Casper? Yeah. Harrison, a close up of the star. He's being so He's good. He's zoned out. He's like, no. Okay. It's like it's like you trained him to just sit quietly and I think it's a breed thing. I think they just do that. They like to sit quietly next to you. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's pretty cool. How old is he now? About eight months. He's a little bitty. He's just a little boy. But he's a cool one. Yeah, he's pretty cute. He's the best. <laughs> you see him on there? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, nice. All right, his, Casper. Well, thanks for joining us today. Yeah. You want to introduce our client question? You want me to do it? Okay, got it. All right. This is from LaDonna Davis. 
Um, okay, maybe you have already touched on this, but here it goes. We have a golden retriever, Maya, peanut butter cup girl, or just Maya for short. When we take her out to potty, number two, for all those who don't know, that I'm just kidding. Um, she will pace back and forth multiple times. Sometimes one direction and then change direction. Sometimes it is quick and sometimes it's long and dragged out. I think I know the answer, but thought I would throw it out there at you. Also, all of you do an amazing job taking care of Maya when she has to visit. I also love the fact that I can text to get an answer without feeling like I'm bothering anyone. Keep up the great job. Thanks for the question and the nice comments, LaDonna. We really appreciate it. All right. Why do you guys think they do that? What's your what's your input for why they circle, pace, you know, before they go to the bathroom, lay down? I think they do it sometimes when they lay down too. I mean, my first immediate thought is because they want to. Because they want to. <laughs> they're dogs. Looking for the best spot. Because they're dogs, yeah. Um, or it could have something to do with the scent of the space. I know, you know, when they're going number two, they express their anal glands, thus kind of leaving their scent in an area. So I guess when they're doing it outside, it could be looking for the most unfamiliar spot to claim or something along those lines is my assumption. Yeah, I like that. I actually so, looked this up. I did too, because oh. I was like, I don't know if I really know the answer to this. Um, and I was like, I wonder if there's any information on this behavior, because it is something you see all the time. Yeah. Um, and so what did you find when you looked it up? One of the reasons, which I think is so interesting, um, is that they're actually like cleaning the area. Yeah. The, I'm like, I don't really understand how they're cleaning, but okay. Especially if there's like long grass or something. I read that they're, that's their attempt at like patting down the area mm-hmm. and like picking a good spot. It'll stand out because that's their spot. Spot. Yep. So kind of like the territorial thing, like they're sent with I like yours blade. better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't know. They, um, that was one thing that I read that they, they do also to keep them clean, I guess, or whatever to, so that, you know, it falls to the ground. So then they're not, you know, I guess that was another way of keeping themselves clean. You know, um, what was another thing I read? Oh, did you find the part about the magnetic forces or whatever that this, where was the research done? I can't remember. There was overseas in an Asian country. Um, I can't remember which one. Um, (laughs) They did research on and watched like 70 canine patients or something like that. They always poop in a north to south direction, north or south direction, not east to west. And they don't know if it's lining up with magnetic poles or something like that, right? And so, and they're not the only species who does it. And so, yeah, I know, really weird, right? It's very interesting. Wow, now I'm thinking about my dogs and when they poop and like that make like it's always the same direction. Yeah. I'm so, gonna watch you poop tonight. So yeah, isn't that fascinating? <laughs> yeah. It's so fascinating. I was like, oh I didn't even think of that. Like like draw I mean yeah. the magnetic force or whatever. Yeah. The poles are nah, I don't understand any of that. Anyway, what's more fascinating is there was a research project on it. Yeah. They couldn't say why they chose – <laughs> it was hilarious because when I was reading about it, they're like, they could not determine from the dogs why they chose north to south. Like, and I was like, well, you can't ask them. It's not like they're going to talk to you and be like, well, we choose this way because this. You know, our ancestors told us if we go the other direction, we're going to be in trouble. Um, so, yeah, I was like, that's – it's just – it's so interesting. 
So, yeah, patting the grass down. So they walk around and pat it down. Mm-hmm. And so interesting. Yeah. Safety, too. I think they like scan and make, yep, make like sure a it's a safe location because it's a vulnerable position. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but what about the dogs that don't stand still while they're performing? They're like walking the and act. pooping? Yes, like the walkers or the circlers. <laughs> like they, they walk and poop? From it. Maybe they're trying to get away from they it. But like I don't. But he's definitely gone in a full circle before, oh. so he's not sticking to that north and south. Hmm. I don't know. He's an oddball. <laughs> well, yeah. well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we, we knew that. Um, yes, they. Um, oh, you're so sweet. Um, the um, the padding of the grass thing. You know, they talked about yeah, territorial, and then. The walking, though, I've seen it in older patients. Like if they can't posture to defecate, mm-hmm. then in older canine patients, one of the – like so say if they were normally a dog who would go out and posture to defecate and defecate in one spot. Now as they've gotten older, they're walking to defecate. I think it's hard for them to stay in a posture position. So they just keep moving, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of a thing. So I've seen the older patients do that as well. It's hard to hold a squat for that long. I don't think I could. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so there you go. There's the answer to the question. That was a good question. It was a yeah. great question. That's like a that's a fun one. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So um Ladonna, thank you very much for your question. We really appreciate it. We love taking care of Maya and anytime you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah. So we are here. We've lost Dr. Duckwall. <laughs> She's coughing up her lung. There she is. Okay, did you have any um, thing you wanted to add to the explanation for the circling and pooping? Or walking and pooping? No, I think you guys are great. We covered it? I guess I should clarify, I am not sick with COVID, nor am I infectious. <laughs> I am recovering. <laughs> I just have bad lungs. Bad lungs. Bad lungs for all those listening. <laughs> so um, nothing to add, you're good. You feel like we've covered it all. Yeah, no, I mean, if they're just walking, not scooting... I think all everything you said is really interesting. Obviously, if they're like wiping their butt, that's a whole different whole scenario. Different, <laughs> got a whole different category. Yep. <laughs> Don't make me laugh and make me cough. Yes. <laughs> um, also, this has nothing to do with this question, but I feel like we need to throw this out here because the time of year it is, we have seen so many ticks. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Do you guys agree? Yeah. I mean, really I feel like bad. it's really bad this year. So everybody. Make sure your dogs are on some type of tick prevention. Yeah. They can um, get some gnarly diseases from that. Absolutely. And we see that quite frequently. And so we do not like them. Yeah. yeah I just came from sensitive. Tennessee too, so I'm like, God, hypersensitive mm-hmm. because I feel like. No, because then you see them and you're like, it's yeah, on me. I feel yeah. like it's on me. Exactly. Yeah. Um, or if somebody finds a tick on you that mm. you didn't know was there, then it's like, oh, God, where are the other ones? Are there other ones? Where are they? You know, so yeah. it's not there. It's a just good, uh, public service. PSA. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So tick prevention for your dogs, cats, please. People. Yes. People. They don't make that. They should. Yeah. <laughs> you have to use still repellents. Yep. But that is what it is. All right. So That's I it. guess that it. That's it. That wraps up. Yeah. This week's episode or this episode of the Veterinary Roundtable. I'll do the outro so I feel like I'm um, contributing. Go for it. Absolutely. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Veterinary Roundtable. Remember, send in those questions and be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at All Star Veterinary Clinic. If you enjoyed this episode or a previous episode, leave us a review on your podcast provider of choice. We'll see you in a few weeks for the next episode of the Veterinary Roundtable. All right. We'll see you. Thank you guys for joining us this, this Thank episode. Thank you. It was great. All right. And we'll see you next time. Good work. Bye. Bye. I'm so used to waving. I don't know where the thing is. <laughs>